When you guys have fun doing something, or even if you've just knocked out a really cool achievement because you just hit one of your milestones and one of your goals, or, or you just completed something that you wanted to complete, make sure to stop and celebrate. That is training our body that the things that we just did, the successes that we just had, it's reinforcing in our body that they're a positive thing and that we want to do more of it. And we're kind of like subconsciously and consciously reprogramming ourselves to have more fun, to be more successful and to conquer more goals as well. With no limitations, what does your perfect day look like? What if it's possible to live like that every day? Would you wake up after 9am, have perfect health, maybe fire your boss, have the money and freedom to do what you love most? The world is your oyster. Where would you be? Who would you be with? The possibilities are endless. Whether you believe it's possible for you or not, you can make more, work less and live free. Welcome to Freedom Hack Radio, where entrepreneur, best-selling author, world traveler and adventurer, Bryce Robertson and special guests crack the code on money, health, relationships, spirituality and having fun doing what you love most. Be inspired to create your own self-designed freedom lifestyle. Welcome back to another episode of Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson, and today we are going to talk about freedom principle number five. So we're wrapping it up here today with all of our freedom principles. We've got five principles. We've talked about all the other ones. Today, freedom principle number five is all about having fun doing what you love most. So this one's actually really freaking easy. Um, and maybe for some of you, this is the area that may seem easy, but you need a little bit of work. So, and especially in America, this is an area where people seem to need a lot of work here, um, because they, a lot of Americans are driven towards working rather than actually having a bunch of fun. Um, and, and this is what it's all about, guys. It's like, you know, why are you chasing financial freedom? Well, you're chasing financial freedom so that you can have the freedom to be able to do all the things you want to do and have spend time having fun doing the things you want to do. So when you ask people like, what does it mean to you to make a million dollars or become a multimillionaire or become financially free? When you get to the core of what it is, it's not the money itself. It's what you can do with the money or what you can do now because you're in that financial situation. So, and again, we often neglect this, especially entrepreneurs, highly driven, you know, hardworking people. It's easy to just go, oh no, got to like keep working on business, got to keep building business, got to grind it out, make more money and sacrifice actually having fun. And the kind of the purpose of, of one of the main things I want to drive here at Freedom Hack Radio is we've got these five areas, okay? We've got um, generating wealth, health, relationships, spirituality, and having fun. Most people in the beginning, when they're looking for freedom, they just work on the financial side of things and then neglect these areas over here. And I'm highly recommending against that. Um, you might want to put more of an emphasis on the financial side in the beginning because maybe that needs a really big boost. And, and that actually makes um, it's one of the areas that can make such a dramatic difference. It can really change all of the other areas really quickly. So I get it that we want to focus on the financial side of things. But 
I know myself in the beginning, I focused so much on financial side of things. I wasn't even putting that much time into my marriage or, or even like friendships and, and relationships because I was just so committed to like, had my day job and then I'm going to the gym and then I'm working on real estate at nighttime and I was just spending so much time. So I was sacrificing relationships in the beginning and I, and I was sacrificing having fun. Now, um, I, on your path to financial freedom, especially, there is going to be some sacrifices to make. Yeah, you're going to have to like choose, you know, you're probably not going to go out there. If, if you're like partying all the time and spending tons of time with your friends and, and you're out there doing all of these things that you want to do and, and having fun is not a problem for you, but making money hasn't, you haven't got it dialed yet. You're not financially free. You're not a multimillionaire. You haven't reached your financial goals. Then you may need to look at, um, having a bit of a better balance and and spending more time making money uh, and, and maybe backing off a little bit on having fun. But then on the other end of the scale, um, we've got to make sure that regardless of how busy we are, of how driven we are, of how much of a focus we're putting on the financial side of things, or maybe other areas, maybe we're working on spirituality really intensely because that's super important to us. Regardless of, of where we're at in these other areas, we have to carve out time to have fun. And we may reduce the amount of fun we're having in the beginning so that we can get really driven on education and, and going out there and, and getting in investments and cranking up your business and making passive income and creating financial freedom. But we still have to have fun. So, um, and, and, and I drive this home, especially to the Americans that are listening right now, because you know, I travel the world. I've, I've been to 60 countries so far and I'm, I'm planning to go to many, many more. And, you know, I've already been back to uh, probably at like 10 or 15 of those countries have been back to multiple times. Um, and I've had a blast. And in conversation, usually it comes up in conversation when I'm just talking to people. Uh, the fact that I've traveled actually comes up. I say that I've been to 60 countries and it opens up a conversation. And the interesting thing is, is when I speak to anybody all over the world about this, everybody from every country except America has almost a similar response when the conversation comes up about me traveling the world, going to 60 countries, you know, I've had long trips like an 18 month uh, surfing and scuba diving trip and, you know, lots of exciting things like that. There is a general response I get from everybody all over the world except Americans is, oh, cool. Like, where'd you go? What were your favorite places? Oh, my friend went there too, or I've been there. And uh, you're talking all about the travel side of things and wanting to learn about your experiences. Maybe they want to just have a discussion and, and kind of share traveling experiences with cool places that they've been so that they can reminisce and get amped on that because they love travel too. Um, and usually a conversation is like that. However, on the flip side of the coin, when I started having this conversation with Americans, they had a very different answer. And so, for example, if you're American and you're tuning in right now, pretend we've never met, you don't know my background, and I've just introduced myself and it came up in conversation that I had uh, just spent 18 months on a surfing and scuba diving trip in Central and South America. What would be your follow-up question from that? Or what would be your follow-up comment? So just stop and think about it. Like, you know instinctively what it is that you're thinking. 
like I said, everybody else in the other countries, they want to know, you know, where have you been? What's your favorite places? Blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. Americans consistently, when I bring this up, say the same thing. And they kind of stop in their tracks. They look at me a little bit confused and they're like, how is that possible? Like, how can you travel for 18 months surfing and scuba diving and not work? Like, how is that possible? Same for if I'm telling somebody, hey, I just went over to Europe for a couple of months. And that's the same thing. Like, how is that possible? Uh, like, how do you get that much time off work? How do you afford that? All of these things come up and that, that seems to be the common response that I've received from a lot of Americans. Not everybody, but generally, as a generalization, that's what I'm hearing. And that makes me believe that contrary to what it's like in the Australian culture where we're kind of bred to travel and it's part of our genes and part of our DNA and a lot of people want to go travel when they're young and if you leave Australia you're going to go to a whole bunch of different countries because you know you, we don't have a Mexico and a Canada there is no border we have to go traveling and play for a plane fight and if we're going to do that we might as well check out a whole bunch and and travel around for a while and so that's what Australians do but in America, it leads me to believe that there's not much of a consciousness of travel being a realistic and easy thing to do. Uh, a lot of Americans seems to think it's much more challenging than what it is or much more expensive or much more out of their reach than what it is. Um, and it's not. It's really easy. It's really simple. Uh, you, there's different ways that you can travel. You can travel really cheap on a, on a super tight budget and you can go all over the world and, and go to amazing places and it hardly costs anything. And you kind of have to sacrifice some comforts to travel like that. Or you could go sort of medium range where you're, you're traveling around a little bit of luxury, a little bit of um, probably not luxury and you can mix it up there. Or you could just go all out and you can stay in five-star hotels and get the creme de la creme while you're traveling. So there's different types of ways to travel to, to suit your budget. And, uh, but it's something, you know, I remember a African American lady, I met her at a real estate meeting once and we're outside after the meeting, we're in the parking lot. She had like, I don't know, it was a Tesla or a BMW or a Porsche or something like this. And it was a pretty nice car. She was dressed really nice, really well put together lady. She's probably in her early 50s or something like this. She had it together. Money clearly wasn't a problem for her. And we were talking about my travels. And then I mentioned Paris and she, and she just like stopped and she went, oh my God, that sounds so amazing. It's my life's dream to go to Paris. And my jaw dropped and I was like, life dream? I looked at the car she was driving. I looked at the clothes she has on. Like, clearly she's not hurting for money. I said to you, I said to her, like, have you bought a flat screen TV lately? She laughed and she said, yeah, actually, I, like I bought a couple um, recently for, for whatever reason. She had bought a couple of flat screen TVs. I'm like, you could literally get a plane ticket for the price of a flat screen TV. You could go to Paris for the weekend. Hardly costs anything. And she was just like dumbfounded she had never ever thought about it it had been this pipe dream that someday she's going to do this thing that she'd really love to do go to paris but it was always like someday it was always out there because she hadn't sat down and actually figured out what it takes to travel and a lot of people don't know actually how cost effective it can be to travel uh, 
for some of us, it's actually cheaper to go on the road and travel than what it is to, to have living expenses and a job. Um, so I think that's really, really interesting. I've traveled in a lot of different ways, um, but I, I just thought I'd touch on that because it's been sort of a point with Americans where a lot of them just, they think it's further out of their reach. And I'm here to assure you it's much easier than you think. It's much safer than you think generally. Um, it's much more possible and it's easy to get time off work. It's that's not too hard. There's lots of different ways we can go around that. Um, so I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Another thing I want to mention here, and this is kind of like Americans versus like all of the other people in the world, is when we first have a conversation. You know, you're just meeting me, first time you meet me. Anywhere over the world, most people end up getting to a point pretty quickly where they're going to ask me, well, what do you do for fun? What do you like to do? What gets you going? Like, you know, what tickles your fancy? And I think that's a really cool question because once you know what somebody likes to do to have fun, then you can get to know them a little bit better. Whereas here in America, it seems like there's a very different question that gets asked. And I've noticed there's a, there's a big difference in uh, this question being asked in different regions in America. Uh, some areas are more relaxed on asking this. Some areas, this is literally all they ask. Um, one of these areas is Southern California. I know New York is the same. San Francisco is the same. Those kind of big cities where lots is going on. The first question I always get asked in America when someone meets me is, ah, oh, hello, what do you do? And in the beginning, like, I didn't know how to quite answer that question because I didn't know what people were referring to. I was just assuming people were like, what do you do? Like, what do you get up to? What do you like? And so I would say, oh, surfing. And they're like, oh, really? You're like a pro surfer? I'm like, no, I'm not a pro surfer. Or like, what do you do then? I'm like, well, I like surfing and snowboarding. And, and they're like, oh, so you don't, you're not getting paid for those though. What do you get paid for? And I was like, it clicked to me that they're asking like, what is your career? What do you do to make money? And that's a way that um, here in America, we get defined. We get kind of put in a little, it, like people go, okay, cool, Bryce, Aussie accent, but what do you do, dude? Because once I know what you do, I can put you in a little pigeonhole and I know who you are. Um, and I think that that really tells a piece of the pie. Um, certainly a career could let you know something about someone's personality uh, or open up a conversation if you have some similar characteristics in a similar field of work. Um, and on the other hand, I truly believe that what we love to do is a better explanation or at least a compliment explanation to, to what we do for our career so that we can understand someone on a better level. And I always ask that all the time. I'm like, you know, what gets you going? What tickles your fancy? And the funny thing about that when I ask Americans is that a lot of Americans don't know what they do for fun. I'm like, well, what do you do for fun? What gets you going? Oh, well, you know, um, like I go to the movies and, uh, you know, we go out and eat sometimes. And I'm thinking, wow, like, the person that I'm speaking to when they have that kind of response obviously hasn't put a ton of thought into having fun and made, made it like a huge priority in their life. And so I'm, I'm certainly not like aiming to single out Americans and, and say that there's anything wrong. There's nothing wrong. Clearly there's commonality here. Clearly there's something in the culture where having fun hasn't been 
uh, on the highest ranking scale of importance compared to some other things in American cultures. And, um, and it is a generalization and there's no wrong or right with it, but me being aware that that's where it is, I really wanted to kind of like talk on it here because I think it is really important. Having fun is super important. Like I said before, like what's the reason for doing all this? You know, why go through all of the effort to become financially free and improve your relationships and improve all of, improve all of these areas of our life so we can have fun and be filled and do the things that we really want to do? But it's important that we start doing those things now. And that we carve out time, even as busy as we are working on all the other four areas um, of our, all the four financial, sorry, the four freedom principles, we want to make sure that we're carving out time to have fun. So um, here's what I like to do. I mean, you want to know what I like to do for having fun? Here it is. I love surfing. I love snowboarding. I love downhill mountain biking. I also love like triathlons and uh, obstacle challenge races and, and all of these sort of outdoor athletic things, hiking, um, love being in nature, being around wild animals. Uh, I love cold plunging and getting in cold water. Uh, I love swimming. A lot of like outdoor adventure, sports, activities. I love traveling. Traveling is freaking amazing. I've been to like 60 countries. People ask me all the time, what's your favorite country? I can't even say because each country has had its own experience and I've had my own, I've been in my own place in life uh, in each of these countries at a time. And it's all, it's been appropriate every single place I've been. So I love traveling and, uh, you know, when we do travel, my wife and I, we love to go to wineries. We love to eat at a lot of different places. It doesn't have to be super swank restaurants. Well, anything from a hole in the wall or like street food all the way up to Michelin star restaurants and um, and super high echelon, high-end restaurants. We love, we love it all. If it's passionate, if it's good food, if it's made with love, we enjoy it and we like exploring this. And, um, you know, we like to just going places off the beaten path, having picnics, chilling out. It's my wife and I have a blast. We love our life. We spend a lot of time doing the things that are super important to us that we love having fun. And it makes everything else so much more exciting. Like when, when we have fun on a weekend or through the week, or if we go for a week vacation or a couple of months vacation, whenever we're done having fun, we come back and we're recharged and we're amped and we're ready to go. And we're like, yes, if we're just slaving away in the other areas of our life, we're doing ourselves an injustice. Trust me, even if you think, oh, but I can't spare five hours a week. I have to work on my business. Like cut out, carve out some time to have some fun. And then you look at your performance the following week. Let's say you just spent two hours having fun. Then the next week, I can guarantee you're going to be more productive. You're going to be more productive because you've already had fun. You've kind of relaxed yourself and released because that's what happens when we're doing fun, like having fun. We're not stressed out about things. We're not worried about things. We're in the moment. We're present, which is real life, real experiences. And um, so I've told you the things that I like to do. I'm very clear on what it is that I like to do. And I've already made a list of all of the things that I like to do. Because sometimes I forget some of the things that I like to do or some of the things that I want to do that I know will be fun. 
uh, one of the things that my wife and I have wanted to do is um, some whitewater rafting. We're going to do, we've done it plenty of times before, but we're pretty amped to do that again. So that's on our list of things to do. And I am challenging all of you guys to take at least half an hour out of your time. So after we finish here on this podcast episode, spend the next half hour, put pen to paper or open up a Word document or get your notepad and write down all of the things that you love to do or you think you would love to do to have fun and make a massive list. And I don't care if you think you're finished before the half an hour, keep going. And it's, it's way more fun if you do this with your significant other, with your partner, because you're going to, you know, if you're, if you're like, a, if you're a guy and then you're doing it with your wife, well, she's going to have some different things that she wants to do that maybe you wouldn't have thought of. And then you're going to have some things that she probably didn't think of. And um, there's going to be things that you want to do to nourish yourself. Like, for example, that's me, that's surfing. My wife doesn't surf, I surf. Um, but then there's things that she does that I don't do. So we need to have these things for ourselves to have fun for ourselves, but then get together with your significant other because you guys are going to want to spend some quality time together. You guys want to have some fun on date nights or on weekends or through the week um, or whenever you guys carve out time to have fun together. And I think personally, sometimes I have more fun watching my wife have fun than the actual act of whatever it is that we're doing. You know, sometimes she might pick something which I wouldn't have picked. It's not really my cup of tea, but she's so freaking excited about it. I get really amped on it and I get really excited about it. I'm like, wow, that was so cool. And really the cool thing about it was watching my wife have so much fun. And that's really cool. And that's, I got a real kick out of that when we did, uh, we did six months uh, to 20 countries last year. In the beginning of last year, we traveled for six months. My wife went to so many places she's never been to. I, I was doubling up on a few of those places. She had so much fun. That was my highlight of the trip, just watching how much fun my wife had. And I had a blast too with all the awesome adventures we had. Um, but sometimes we just get a lot of fun out of our partner having fun too. So make sure to take that into consideration. But carve out half an hour, write down all the things that you want to do. All the things that you, if you've ever thought about doing it, if you're like, you thought, hey, I want to go skydiving, you never done it. Write it down. Write down all of the things, every single thing, and keep going and keep going. Doesn't matter if you th if it's stupid. Don't even stop. Don't overanalyze. Just dump it down on a paper. Just go for it, and then afterwards you can organize it. And maybe you can cross some things off or add some other things on. But just like brain dump because you know in your heart what you really like to do. But some of you haven't been asking this question. What do I really love doing? Like what gets my juices flowing? What gets me super freaking excited? Think about the things that you love to talk about. That's like a good starting point. Um, and the things that get you really excited. And, you know, be willing to get outside of your comfort zone to try new things. Uh, because that's like, really, that's going to be have more than just having fun aspect. You're going to be able to massively grow too. So if skydiving is one of those things, I highly recommend it. Um, you know, I had an inherent like fear of heights. I don't know why. I, I mean, I fell off the top of a like a, a little storage shed when I was probably five or six years old and ended up like cutting my chest. I kind of fell down on a piece of wood with nails. Um, that's about the only experience I can have falling from heights when I was a kid. And I just knew that 
as a as a kid and as a teenager, like stuff at heights kind of it really made my feet cold and made me a little bit tingly and nervous. And there was a lot of heights things that I didn't want to do. So then I just made a choice in my uh, adulthood in my 20s. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to smash this fear. I'm going to go skydiving, bungee jumping, rock climbing, um, canyoning, snowboarding, downhill mountain biking, like all this stuff at heights and in mountains that I could possibly do. And I'm still conscientious of like heights like i still get a little bit that way but i've, I've massively in, increased my comfort zone when it comes to heights and that was really really fun and it was a really fun opportunity for me to like do all these things and it's also very fun to grow as a person and reduce fears and and become a little bit stronger in that way too so um make sure to carve out time to create your list number one then number two, carve out time before you book up your calendar for the next week, carve out time to have fun. And maybe some of you maybe need to carve back some time. If you're partying all the time and you like some of you don't have a problem. I know in my 20s, I did not have a problem spending time having fun. I was I was a party animal. I had tons of fun, uh, awesome experience. Glad I'm not living like that these days. I'm a lot healthier these days. But um, so, you know, I needed to hold back on that and peel back on that. But some of you are going to need to crank it up. So make sure that before you book out the rest of your week, that you're actually carving out some time to have fun. And make sure that you get with your significant other and decide on how much time you guys should be spending each week just having fun, not worrying about the other responsibilities, just having fun. Maybe it's with you and your partner. Maybe it's with you and the kids. But nonetheless, carve out time to have fun. Make sure that your significant other is satisfied with the amount of time and find a harmony in between your needs and their needs. Um, and then another thing is like, yeah, I remember I was talking about the African-American lady that hadn't been to um, Paris and she said it was a life dream. I told her, yeah, you, you could like just a couple hundred bucks. I mean, we flew from Brazil to Paris at last minute. We bought the tickets like a couple of days, week in advance. And the tickets were like 300 bucks. So it's like pretty cheap, pretty cost effective. Um, I've seen a lot of packages under return flights under $500. Paris is a, is a very hot common destination. So people would be surprised how cheap some of the tickets can be. Um, but the thing with her was, is that one, she didn't believe it was, she thought it was this unbelievable thing out here that I don't know what she, she pretty just hadn't really thought about how easy it would be to do it. The second thing is, is she hadn't put it on a calendar. As soon as we get it, if say if our dream is to have one week in Egypt, then put it on the calendar. Because if you don't put it on the calendar and say, all right, in like, you know, from this week in January, we're going to, um, we're going to Egypt, whether it's, you know, one month out, six months out, 12 months out or two years out, put it on the calendar and then it's going to happen. But if you don't put it on the calendar, you're going to end up like this African-American lady that was like, oh, my life dream is to go to Paris. Like she could have been a hundred times. She, she could have been to so many places. Um, she just didn't know it was possible and she had never planned it. So make sure you're planning in advance. Um, set monthly and annual vacations in advance. Get it on the calendar. Once you lock it in, um, then you're good to go. And plus, when you book ahead, 
uh, it's it's much cheaper to get plane flights. It's much cheaper to do that. And uh, maybe travel isn't your thing, but if there is a big things that you want to do that is that is having fun, put them on the calendar. Put them on the calendar, even if it's a year out, two years out, set it in stone, and then you're going to, between now and then, take all the right steps to earn the money you need to to have that trip, to put the money aside, to start planning um, and, and making all the reservations and everything like that. And the next thing you know, the time comes, it's time to travel. You don't have to do anything. You're already ready. It's already done. Um, but if you don't put it on the calendar, it's not going to happen. Another thing is, is that when you guys have fun doing something, or even if you've just knocked out a really cool achievement because you just hit one of your milestones and one of your goals, or, or you just completed something that you wanted to complete, make sure to stop and celebrate. That is training our body that the things that we just did, the successes that we just had, it's reinforcing in our body that they're a positive thing and that we want to do more of it. And we're kind of like subconsciously and consciously reprogramming ourselves to have more fun, to be more successful, and to conquer more goals as well. This was a huge thing that I wasn't doing in the beginning. And it took me to, to, to go through a physically exerting exercise one day in Canada at a specific event that I went to with T. Harvecker. And um, he put it, I went through a lot of physical strain that day. There was a lot of exercises and things that I had to do. And at the end of it, there was an opportunity to write down all of the things that I noticed through the exercise that I had just done. And I had noticed that the whole time there was all of these milestone things that we had to achieve in, in, in a few hours time. I didn't stop to celebrate any of the successes I had. I didn't even acknowledge any of the successes I had. As soon as I nailed one of my goals that I was supposed to achieve, boom, I just like went straight to the next one, game on, boom, next, 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 next. And I realized that I was doing that in life too. You know, I was setting some goals like up here and I was was conquering these goals and then I didn't even stop to celebrate and I just went next, next, next. And I didn't get it at the time, but that was like paying a huge toll on me because I wasn't acknowledging one. I wasn't acknowledging the thing that I had just done had been worthwhile. I was just like, well, okay, I got to raise the bar now and do something bigger because that's done. Um, And then the other thing is, is that it's actually fun to celebrate. It's, and we should feel proud about ourselves to celebrate maybe celebrating is just like calling up a few friends and just letting them know you're so excited about something that you just achieved that you've been wanting to achieve for the last couple of months or maybe you go out for a special dinner or maybe you just sit down and have a couple of drinks and just talk about that thing that you just did really resonate in it um, or whatever it is find a way to celebrate you can just stop what you're doing and just like jump around and go crazy and yell, yell and scream and go, yes, that was so amazing. Um, trust me, try it on for size. You've got to celebrate your successes. You've got to celebrate your wins. It's something I wasn't doing. Maybe many of you didn't have that problem, but I wanted to bring it up because I did. It made a huge change in my life. So we've talked about the five 
freedom principles. We've talked about generating financial wealth. We've talked about mental, physical, and dietary health. We've talked about relationships. We've talked about spirituality. And today we've talked about having fun. Now, um, these are the five core principles that we revolve all of Freedom Hack Radio around because the whole purpose is for us to grow and expand in these areas and try and maintain a harmonious balance in these five areas so that we can live in true freedom and true fulfillment. Some of us are going to be heavier in some areas than others. Some of us are going to be more successful in some areas than others. Some of us are going to spend more time in some areas than others. There's an opportunity for us to look at these five areas and assess what area needs the most work. What areas need the most work? What do I need to do here? And the best way that we can tie all this in together and make this a solid, valuable unit is by setting goals. So I use the ultimate goal template. I've been using it since I began my path to freedom. And I can attribute goal setting to being one of the key reasons why I've been so successful. It's also been one of the key reasons why I have so much clarity on what's important to me, what areas I need to amp up on, what areas I need to back out off on, and what areas I might have thought were important but need to eliminate and what areas that I didn't even think of I need to introduce and it's magical because what we do is we set our goals then and I set annual goals generally we can break those down into smaller chunks um, but I'm talking generally about annual goal setting here I set my goals at the end of the year I look back and I assess everything and that's part of the goal setting template I actually just assessing the last 12 months, seeing, okay, what were my goals? How did that go? Did I hit my targets? What were my pitfalls? Um, What were some of the qualities in me that I didn't think really served me that well this year? Um, What qualities would I like to introduce next year? Things like this. We want to reflect first, and that gives us a good idea of what worked, what didn't work, what areas we want to crank up on, and, and so on. And then we look at the five areas that we want to set goals in. And we're like, okay, financial wealth. What are my goals? Let's set like, you know, three or five top goals in that area. And then we want to set some goals for our health. We want to set some mental goals, some dietary goals, some, some physical goals um, for exercising and whatnot. Then we want to set some goals for our relationships. Maybe we're going to bump up how much time we spend on date night um, or maybe we need to be, maybe we need to read a few books to get better, to be a better communicator with our spouse. And we want to dedicate some time to that. So that could be a goal. Um, there's lots of, maybe we want to call our friends more or spend more time with our mother-in-law or something like this, you know? And, uh, and then spirituality, we want to set goals for in spirituality as well. Maybe we need to spend more time getting more educated to deepen. Maybe we need to spend more time on actually practicing things spiritually and holding ourselves accountable spiritually um, and what, whatever areas we need to improve on there and then having fun as well. So we want to go through and we want to set goals in all of these areas. And I believe uh, one of the best ways to do this is by using the ultimate goal template. So if you guys want me to share the ultimate goal temp- template with you, just email me. You can email me bryce 
at freedomhackradio.com. That's B-R-Y-C-E at freedomhackradio.com. And then I'll give you guys a free copy of a template with instructions and you guys can work through it yourself. Uh, I think it's really, really valuable. And if you don't set goals, like I said before in previous episodes, it's like going down a river with no paddle and you're just going to go with the flow and you're going to end up wherever the river takes you. But if you've got a paddle, the metaphor for goal setting, and you can actually steer your direction as you're going down the river and you can go exactly where you want to go. And the interesting thing about goals is in the beginning, you think you know what the things are that are important to you. If you haven't been goal setting every year, you might think you know, oh yeah, I know what I want. I want this, this, and this, and this, and this, right? So you set your goals, you go for your 12 months, you analyze at the end of the year, and I can guarantee that you are going to make some changes for the next year because you're going you're to go, well, I'm, I'm not actually as excited about that. And I realize that this is actually um, becoming more important in my life. And, and this is what happened to me. This is what happens to uh, a lot of people. And it, it's an opportunity for us to see what worked, what didn't work, what did we enjoy, what didn't we enjoy? Did it actually bring the satisfaction that I thought it wouldn't? If it didn't, maybe it's a sign that I need to crank up in one of the other areas of my life and, um, and make sure to keep them all balanced. And then for, th I think it was year three for me, by year three, I had so much granular detail on exactly what it was important to me. My wife had the same experience that from year three onwards, it's just, it's been a piece of cake. We nail, we're nailing like almost all of our goals every year. Some we don't quite hit, some we massively exceed, um, but it's, it's a roadmap that serves us really, really well. And it's exciting to set goals because we're like, what do we want to do? What do we want to achieve? What do, what do we want to get out of life? And we're moving in the direction that we want to go. So many people say, well, they want this, they want this, and they want this out of life. My next question is, what are you doing about it? Have you got goals in these areas? Have you got action steps that you've actually put towards these areas without goals and action steps? If they're just float going with the flow, you're going to end up washed on the shore, man. And you're going to end up like, God forbid, having a, a, um, a midlife crisis, you know? Um, I, I've talked about midlife crisis. The conversation has come up a little bit lately. It's like when you're 20 years old, you know where you want to be when you're 40, but if you're not taking massive action to get there and then you get to 40 and you didn't hit like any of the things or hardly any of the things that you wanted to hit, you didn't, like, you're not living the life that you thought you wanted to live. And then you just go, holy crap, like this is daunting. I don't even really dig my life. Um, I haven't really set any goals. I haven't had any direction. I've just kind of gone with the flow. And that's when people have a, a midlife crisis. And, um, but if you're setting goals and if you're out, if you're following your heart, doing the things that you want to do, and you're going to, you know, in the beginning, it might feel like you're pushing a massive rock uphill and then you'll push it uphill and you push it uphill and it's hard and hard and hard and hard. And then once you get to the top and that massive rock rolls down the other side, then I tell you what, life becomes really, really easy. Uh, my wife and I created financial freedom in two and a half years by setting goals and taking massive action. And, uh, you know, I think we, we kind of power teamed it. And then we, and also to give more information, we had about 18 months prep before that, where we just went crazy on education, learning about all the ways to make money and whatnot. So if you add those together, the two of us, 
with all of the education involved and everything, it would have taken us four years to become financially free. So you could safely say that in eight years, one person could become financially free if their spouse wasn't like doing some of the work with them. Um, I've got tons of friends that have become financially free in less than five years. Um, and if you if you're not becoming financially free in 10 years, then in my opinion, you're doing something wrong. You're not putting enough energy into it um, because it, it's totally possible. There's a million ways to do it. And I think it's really important, right? So make sure to set goals, ultimate goal template. Email me, Bryce at freedomhackradio.com. I'll give you a copy of the template, the instructions. You guys can work through it. I do want to mention um, a couple of resources and uh, well, it's really one resource, but I just want to show you a few different versions. This is a Lonely Planet travel book. Uh, that's a little logo there. I don't know if you can see it there, Lonely Planet. Lonely Planet is a travel book company, a travel company where they've got tons of travel information. These books are super, super cool. If you guys are going to travel, I think it's one of the best things to have with you when you're traveling. It's one of the best ways to plan your travels. And it's one of the best ways to sort of navigate some of your touring while you're actually there. It's got tons of information on the culture, music, food, accommodation, pretty much everything a traveler needs to know is in here. It kind of tells you how much it costs to travel a day. Um, in each country, it tells you what exchange rates are. It tells you how to get from this place to that place. Um, tons of really cool information. They're not too expensive either. Um, but as you can see, they got a little bit of thickness to them and they're a little bit heavy when you're traveling around. So be conscious of that. Um, a couple of these books in your, in your backpack and you really feel it. Um, but they're super valuable. And, and one of the things that I think is really cool about these books is that they do tell you how much it costs to travel per day. So that you can go in here in this book and figure out how much it's going to cost you to travel. Uh, and then you can figure out a budget so that you can go out and and um, create the money for that travels. Here's another version. See, this version here before was just for a singular country. You can actually see them. You can, there's books for like certain sections of a country. Um, it gets pretty granular. But you can get a book for the country or you can get a book for a whole like area. This one's on Europe, Europe on a shoestring. They've got like Central America on a shoestring, South America on a shoestring. In these editions, you pretty much get one book big, it's thick, it's heavy, but it's got all the countries in it. And this has got like most of the European countries in it. And so if you're traveling around, instead of having 20 or 30 of these, because you go into 20 or 30 countries, you just have one of these bad boys and it's a more of a condensed version. So I do suggest that if you are traveling, I personally think that Lonely Planet books are a good way to get information and get around. And they've also got a little bit on the local languages there too. You can learn the basics of how to ask of where the restroom is and you know how to pay for things and, and get directions and things like that too. There's an online version of the Lonely Planet. And the online version, in my opinion, is nowhere near as good as these books. And I think that the reason being behind that is you pay for these books and you don't pay for the online version. But you can get some basic information on the on the Lonely Planet website. But the way it navigates and the way it organized, I think, is, is nowhere near as cool as the books. Um, so I would prefer and recommend getting the books. And just note, just because this says Egypt doesn't mean that it's going to be the latest uh, and greatest version. So I would suggest that you go online and find the latest version. 
because each year or each couple of years, depending on the, the area of the country, they come out with a new uh, edition, which has more up-to-date information because exchange rates are changing and things are changing. So you want to get the latest edition. Uh, if you haven't listened to episodes one to five, make sure to go back to listen to episodes one to five. Episode one, you get to know me, your host, a little bit better. Episodes uh, two to five, we learn freedom principles one to four. Make sure you go back and listen to that because listening from episode one to six all the way through is setting the foundation of what Freedom Hack Radio is all about living a freedom lifestyle, creating uh, financial freedom, time freedom, location freedom in these five core areas of our life, generating wealth, health, relationship, spirituality, and having fun. From episode seven onwards, we are going to have special guests, industry experts, industry leaders joining us to talk about all of the specifics and niches and nuances in all of these five areas. We're going to talk about a massive array of things. Uh, I'm a real estate guy myself. But we're, also, we're also going to talk with people about gold and silver and cryptocurrencies and cannabis investments and stock market. And we're, so we're going to talk about all those things. And, and in relationships, we're going to talk about, you know, sex and your spouse and the relationships with yourself and communication and, and the list is going to go on. And it's going to be the same in all of the other areas as well. We're here to explore all possibilities. So given that we're exploring all possibilities in all of these areas, not every single episode that you're going to listen to from episode seven onwards is going to hit the spot for you on being the thing that you need to hear or the thing you need to learn. For example, maybe I'm actually uh, having an episode where, where I'm speaking with a special guest and we're talking about mobile home park investing. And maybe like the only thing you want to invest in is gold and silver. So that's cool. I would recommend listening to it anyway, because you're going to learn something new that you didn't know. And it might open up new doors for you, or it might even just listening to the episode on mobile home park investing might improve something if you had some kind of other investment. Um, so I'd recommend listening anyway, but just know that not every episode is going to hit the spot on what you need. But, but do know that later on, maybe 18 months later, you might all of a sudden have a desire to invest in real estate. You can go back and listen to that episode and you can dig into it and you can re-explore it then. Same thing too, is we might be talking about how to read dreams when we sleep at night. That might be one of the topics that we have. And you're just thinking, well, the only thing I really want to read is the Bible when it relates to spirituality. I'm like, fair enough. That's totally cool. I don't want to exclude people. So we're going to include so many different perspectives of these five areas that we're just going to cover a lot and not everything's going to be the right fit. Um, but don't be veered off. Um, but if it's not the right fit, you don't have to listen to it. Wait for the next episode. Go back and listen to some other previous episodes. Um, but you know, don't also don't be veered off by the title of a podcast. Maybe on the podcast it says something about um, uh, investing in gold and silver, and you're thinking, well, I don't really have an interest in investing in gold and silver. But maybe uh, at like minute forty to minute, you know, fifty six, we just have a really juicy sixteen minute conversation about something completely different that's highly, highly valuable to you. And so there's lots of nuggets inside all of these conversations. And so even if you're thinking the topic 
that you're about to listen to is not really the one that you want to listen to, I would suggest giving it a shot anyway, because we cover a broad, we cover a broad conversation. We're having like one hour, one and a half hour conversations here at Freedom Hack Radio. So it's kind of long form content. We get to really dig in and digress and go down some rabbit holes. So we cover a lot of topics in, in one podcast. Um, the other thing is be open-minded when you're listening to all of these things. If, if I wasn't open-minded in the beginning when I was searching on my path to freedom, then I would not have been able to buy a mobile home park that was uh, worth about, I think it was $570,000 when I had a negative net worth, $2,000 in the bank and unseasoned credit and no experience. If I stuck to what I knew, and wasn't open-minded to explore new possibilities, I would have said, well, I can't do that deal. Don't have enough money. My credit's not good. I have a negative net worth. And I don't really, I, I, I don't really have a ton of experience. So I can't do that deal. But before that deal came along, I already knew that I went outside exploring, finding out what's possible, going to real estate meetings and learning things that I, I was just, well, I want to learn everything. And I found out you can get involved in deals when you don't have money. You can use other people's money. You don't have to have a good credit rating. You can get seller financing and private financing or have somebody else come in and sign on the loan. That's called a key principle in real estate. Um, you didn't have to have experiences. I can ride the tailcoats of someone else who's experienced and they can look over my shoulder. And, uh, and it was like I had to get outside of my comfort zone and outside of what I already knew. Um, and I had to be open-minded to understand the, that all of these things were possible. So maybe there's a really, really cool spiritual message out there for you. It's just waiting for you. Um, but you have to get on to Freedom Hack Radio to listen to that episode so that it can open up something that you didn't even know. And it might be the, one of the most pivotal things that happen in your life. So make sure that you're open-minded. Um, give everything a shot. Not everything's going to be for you. Um, we are going to cover a, a broad variety. On that note, too, not every guest's um, niche is going to be something that you potentially want to follow up with. Um, say, for example, we have a guest on, they're talking about uh, spiritual healing, and then they have a, a three-day class on, on spiritual healing. Maybe it's a, a home study class, you do it online. We may talk about that. A lot of these people are industry experts and industry leaders. So a lot of people are authors and they, they do live trainings. They do courses. They're out there changing the world with their specific niches. So they've got things to offer. And we talk about these things. And so a lot of guests are going to have things that you could follow up on if you wanted to. And I would, I would, I would urge you guys not to take everything on. Because you're not going to have enough time to be able to follow up with everybody and take everybody's course and read everybody's book. But if it does resonate with you and you really dig the conversation, you really dig the person, you want to learn more, then you'll have the opportunity to, uh, in the show notes, we're going to provide links to contact all of these people and for their courses and books and stuff like that. It, it's no, it, it, we're not here to like upsell. It's just all of the people on the show are so passionate about what they do. They really want you to improve in that area. And I want you to improve in all these areas too. But only you are going to know if you actually need to continue education with any of those people. And look, a lot of these guys have stuff for free, free online courses, free plus shipping books, um, and all of that sort of stuff. So, you know, I mean, if it's free, 
you can get into it too. But again, we only have a certain amount of time. So make sure you pick and choose the things that you want to do because your time is valuable and you're going to be spending a lot of time on creating financial freedom, time freedom, and improving on all of these areas anyway. Um, and that's pretty much it, guys. You know, I really appreciate you uh, tuning in and taking the time to listen to these episodes and to learn about the uh, foundation and the principles of living a freedom lifestyle. I'm really, really excited about all of our episodes moving forward and, and how we're going to interact. So first off, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe on the YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up and leave comments. Let us know what you think. Is there something you want to learn more on? Um, is there something that we're not doing that you would want us to do? Let us know. If you don't let us know, we won't know. Um, you can leave it. You can leave comments in uh, the YouTube channel, Freedom Hack Radio. You can also email me, Bryce at freedomhackradio.com. Um, the more you guys interact, the more we can shape this so it suits your needs. So your feedback is super, super valuable. Um, let us know about your takeaways too. Like if you guys have a super huge success and you're like, hey, I listened to this one episode, made a couple of changes in my life and then bam, like let us know. We want to know what these improvements are. We want to, the, the more we know, the more we, oh, it's great. We would love to hear this feedback. We know what's working. We know what areas we can crank up on and how to accommodate it for you guys. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, leave a review. The more people that we can tell about this, tell your friends, tell your family, get the word out there. The more people that know, the more people that we can help create a freedom lifestyle so that they can live truly free and live in fulfillment. And let's get freaking real. Not enough of us are actually living like that. And every single one of you that's listening to this or watching this right now, downright bloody deserves to live a freedom lifestyle. And if you're not living one, you're doing yourself an injustice. So make sure that you're out there taking action, tuning in and creating your own freedom lifestyle as all of these episodes unfold and you grow and you become more free. I cannot, uh, I cannot imagine that by going down a path of freedom, growing in all of these areas is going to bring you dissatisfaction or more dissatisfaction than satisfaction. It's a path of fulfillment. It's a path of where you're going to feel happier more often because you've built your life. You're not doing the American dream made by someone else. You're doing the you dream. You're self-designing and creating your own freedom lifestyle because only you know what you really want out of life. So I hope you guys got a ton out of this episode. I hope you get tons out of all of the other episodes that are to follow. Make sure to come back next week and tune into episode number seven, where we join our first guest. Until then, I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. Live large and live free. <laughs>